They're just like, oops, oops. You know, they just, they're so resilient. They just, yeah. <laughs> like, whoa, that was interesting. Like, yeah. <laughs> Hello, friends. Hi, friends. Welcome to the audio recording known as (laughs) called the podcast (laughs) by the Cosmic Fire Crew. (laughs) Was it K R E W E? You know, New Orleans is going down. I mean, it's sad, but Uh, um, yeah, good fond memories of New Orleans. Bless it up. Bless it up. One side and down the other. <laughs> um, yeah, so it's 2022. Yeah. We made it. We made it. <laughs> <laughs> I said something to somebody, the other client the other day, and they're like, yeah, and, you know, it's really um, kind of hard to feel super excited about leaving 2021 and going into 2022. <laughs> but we agreed there's got to be some positive learning opportunities for all of us in the new year. And we're going to tell you, what are we going to talk about today? Hmm, oh, wait, good who question. are we? Well, <laughs> man, we forgot that whole part. I'm Tatiana, aka Phoenix, and you are. I'm DK, aka Karos. 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 <laughs> 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 Gives us back the precious <laughs> Phoenix. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, right. Man. Okay. So that's us, um, aka Cosmic Fire. And what are we here? What are we talking about? What you know, we, what, who are? What do we stand for? What's this whole Cosmic Fire thing? What is it? Do you believe in Good outer question. space? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So this guy. Can I talk about this? Yeah. Okay. So this guy, um, Peter Dwayneoff, and I can't remember his. He had a spiritual name. Um, some kind of prophet dude in Bulgaria, which has the highest um, per capita population of psychics in the entire world, at least back in the 80s, it supposedly did. I read that in Super Learning, which is actually a great book. Um, but yeah, he channeled this thing on his deathbed right at the end of World War II. He went into like a kind of coma trance, and I think he talked for two or three days or something. But one of the things that he said is that the earth is moving through this um, kind of perilous alignment with the Milky Way or something and like tons of bad radiation and that we were about to, you know, kind of get to the end of that. But when we did, there would be a cosmic fire that would enter the earth realm and purge the realm of uh, anybody who is not coming from a place of love. Yeah. And then we would enter, you know, the kind of paradise world that we deep down in our hearts, we all know that it's possible and we all want to be there, I think. Yeah. So that's where, you know, we saw that quote and it just seemed in at the beginning of 2020, I mean, a month before COVID, which we yeah. didn't know was going to happen, right? Yeah, it was late 2019 that yeah. we were tuning into that and yeah. it really resonated. Yeah. Yeah. So I would say like one of the things that we believe is that we came here to heal the world and that that paradise age is not only possible, but that's what wants to happen. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, that's actually how things are in reality. Yeah. 
you know, this hellscape that we're living in is all synthetic. It's yeah. all manufactured. Yeah. You know, by people who understand the laws of nature. Yeah. And how the universe functions. But, you know, they're using that knowledge to operate in opposition to what is good. Yeah. So. Yeah. So far, they're doing a smash-up <laughs> job of it. I mean, you got to give them props. <laughs> they're, they're persistent. They've got a really long-range vision, you know, yeah. that gets passed down from uh, father to son and mother Generation, to daughter. Yeah. 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 Yeah, very, very dedicated to their work of global domination and control of all land, all resources, all human souls forever yeah. and ever. Amen. Um, no, not Amen. Oh, okay, wait. <laughs> Sorry. Take that back. Don't bring Amun Ra into this. Um, I, yeah. He was the monotheistic god or the um amun ra was an aspect of ra the sun god and i'm not sure i what am the, ra, the sun god <laughs> all worship ra okay <laughs> you got to go back a couple podcasts if you want to get the story yeah on that if one. you want to get the background on that mark <laughs> <laughs> all right so we're cosmic fire we're here to create something positive yeah we're here not to just something. heal all the shit from the past, yep. reclaim and rekindle our power, our sacred imagination, so we can create something positive that's in alignment with nature. Yeah. So because it's in alignment with nature and how things really are, we're pretty much guaranteed to win. Yeah. Right? It is all about winning, right? It is all about winning. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Let's go, Brandon! Um <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it, we're it, we're in alignment with Creator, you know, and and that's what I think that's what anybody listening to this wants to be, right? Yeah. And Creator is creative, mm -hmm. so you know, one of the things that we firmly believe is that it's not like some grim duty or sacrifice that's going to get us to the new world. We can't create a world of joy and harmony, and you know, each person getting to live their purpose and having enough for everybody. From a place of shutting ourselves down and playing small and, you know, we're just going to soldier through. I mean, you see this so many religions and, you know, and secularized versions of it. Like, we just got to make it through this grim mm. slog, you mm -hmm. know, uh, life yeah. is a veil of shadows. But when we get to the other side, you know, when Jesus <laughs> comes and picks us up in the rapture, then everything's <laughs> going to be great. Right. Like 15 days to slow the spread. As soon as we slow the spread, as yeah. soon as we flatten the curve, everything's going to be great. As soon as we get 70% <laughs> of the population um, fully vaccinated, everything's going to be great. As soon as we get most people the third shot, it'll yeah. be great. <laughs> yeah. As soon as we get those 20% who are still alive, their fifth <laughs> booster, we can go back to normal. As soon as I get my new virtual art gallery up and running... With all this awesome NFT that I'm super invested in, things are going to be awesome. Man, when my crypto takes <laughs> off, you know, I'm going to just be like buying Cadillacs and uh, <laughs> guitars and Cadillacs and hillbilly music is what I'm going for. <laughs> I don't know. I've got Dwight Yoakam on my mind for some reason. There was another song that just popped in a minute ago. That's awesome. Dwight, if you're listening, big fan. Um, 
<laughs> yeah. Dwight's probably a listener. I saw Dwight once <laughs> with the Grateful Dead. Oh, really? He wasn't playing with them. He might have done a song with them. I can't remember because I was on a lot of acid at the time. But <laughs> he opened for them, and it was awesome, man. Man. I became a Dwight Yoakam fan from that day on. <laughs> it wasn't just the acid either. No, no. I mean, I'm still a, I'm still a Dwight Yoakam fan. Yeah. All right. So the acid probably helped. <laughs> Wait, what were we talking about? Acid. <laughs> Dwight Yoakam sings his Oh man. Okay, so, oh, something you were saying about that though. So the kind of the grim, like, duty aspect, I think, is absolutely a lie and i want to call out the thing on sacrifice because like as a parent i'm sure i don't have to tell you like if you want to you know put your energy into something positive you're gonna have to sacrifice something you know to be able to focus on something and bring a work of art into the world a child into the world or whatever you have to let other things go so that could feel like a sacrifice. And I mean, I personally feel like I've had to sacrifice a lot of things that I would rather be doing the last couple of years um, so that I could go deeper into things that felt like a moral imperative for me to pay attention to. And that being said, it came from a place of love and I have no regrets about it. Whereas I feel like when people do this, like, grim duty of, like, oh, I'm just following orders. Like, it doesn't come from a place of love, you know. Yeah. It's not coming from a place of integrity or what they feel compelled to do morally. Although they could maybe try to, um, you know, put a bunch of moral bullshit Talk on top of it, you know, that's not really authentic. But um, anyway, I just wanted to call that out because that's been super real. And so for anybody who's listening, who's feeling like, you know, they're having to um, look at some hard choices of how they want to spend their time and attention, which is our real currency, (laughs) by the way. Yeah. you know, I mean, that's real. And that's something that each and every one of us needs to dig into and feel into, like, what, how we want to spend our precious life force, energy, and our time here on this realm, what we want to invest that in. And that um, actually is very on topic for what I'm seeing for some of the big themes. Um, Which we are going to talk about. We are going to talk about that later. In the podcast, right? Yeah. What yeah. else are we going to do in this podcast? Well, we uh, I think we're each going to retreat to our separate corners okay. of the ring. <laughs> and then when McMahon rings the bell, we're going to come out and I'm going to try to find your weak like spot in your leg where you're injured and just kick it repeatedly because I learned from the best nature boy, Ric Flair. So does that make me Hulk Hogan? Yeah, you can be the Hulkster <laughs> if you want or, you know, the Macho Man. I don't care. Hmm. My strategy is the I'd same. Maybe I'd be Andre Oh, the I don't want to fight you, man. 
My son is really into wrestling. Dude, yeah. maybe I could be the Iron Sheik because he had the figure four leg lock that yeah. was like inescapable. Yeah. I'd love to see him and Ric Flair go head to head. Oh, they probably did. <laughs> <laughs> Ric Flair's like, I got to break his knee because I can't, if he gets me in that leg lock, I'm done. <laughs> My son's really into wrestling right now because he's got like a his his old PlayStation. He's got a wrestling game on it, and so now and we started talking about the old school guys, you know. So now he's been going back and watching like Hulk Hogan versus Andre the Giant. You know, it's like it's kind of fun. That's awesome. Yeah, it looks so fake. Back then. It's crazy, <laughs> but apparently Andre like really hurt people that he didn't like there were some people he didn't like Whoa. yeah and he he could be really like mean like this one <laughs> this one guy i can't remember his name big john somebody maybe do you remember him Mm-mm. okay but when, he's running out of the ring and running out of the arena at some point and vince mcmahon is, who is the for those of you who are not wrestling fans mcmahon is a legend <laughs> man okay uh, that he was the owner impresario of the WWF, the original World Wrestling Federation. And McMahon's like, where are you going? He's like, he's going to kill me. He's going to kill me. And like, he apparently just left the whole thing. But, you know. And that was totally real. That was totally real. <laughs> just like when uh, <laughs> Stone Cold Steve Austin put the stunner on Donald Trump. <laughs> Put the stunner on the Donald. On the Donald, yeah. <laughs> that was one of the my favorite videos I've seen in the last week. Yeah, that was that was great. It, whoever's listening to this, if you need a little pick me up, <laughs> yeah, just something like really stupid. Um, check out uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin puts the stunner on Donald Trump. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Battle of the billionaires. Battle of the billionaires. That's right. Yep. (laughs) Okay. So uh, I just went off on apparently what's known as a fantasy ramble (laughs) (laughs) in the podcast lingo and forgot what we were talking about, which is we're going to go to our separate corners and then we each have something that we want to talk about that we see kind of as relevant to entering the new year or um, January. And then we're going to talk about big themes. Yep. Astrological. And otherwise. Psychological. And psychological. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So we're going to flip a coin, right, to see who goes first. We haven't talked about this. You know, this is our little gimmick. (laughs) I'm all about the gimmick. Yeah, I actually asked, and she's like, nope. (laughs) Um, Okay, so heads or tails? Heads. It's tails. Oh, damn. Yeah. So, Do you want to go first? Wait, you can still go first wait, if you want. Was I, go, I was going for going first. Oh, okay. okay. Right. Yeah. So that means you go first. Okay. 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 <laughs> so what I want to talk about is 2022. It's still not too late. So as we head into 2022. 20- <laughs> <laughs> Okay, sorry. You like that? Go ahead. Was that enough drama? I, I think I got hit with a stunner. I oh, didn't yeah. know what to say. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so, I mean, we're going into 2022. We've got the USA's first Pluto return. You know, so we don't know what that's going to bring, but we can guess. It's going to be a lot of destruction, you know, because Pluto says, got to destroy everything that's old and outdated and in the way and not evolutionarily aligned. So that we can build back better, um, yeah, <laughs> not in the sense that that's intended, but you know, so we can re 
we can evolve. We can bring forth what is really in alignment with the time and with the with creation, with nature, with life. So there's a big, you know, and we've been in this for the last couple of years, but the three exact hits of Pluto conjunct USA's Pluto are happening in 2022. And then in 2023, Pluto moves into Aquarius for the first time since 1788, which was um, the lead up to the French Revolution, among other things. And Pluto and Aquarius, it's going to be kind of a new mini era that I think is really going to also continue to set the stage for the uh, 2600-year um, Aquarian age that we're moving into. And it really feels like, you know, if you're – I feel like there's going to be this divergent kind of thing in society where people's realities continue to diverge radically. And so what, I, what I've been thinking about is, you know what, it's, it's not too late. Even if you went all in on COVID, you know, you went full lockdown, full mask, full mask mandate, full social distancing – you know, um, you've got the the both jabs and then you're boosted and you're probably double boosted or, you know, whatever. Um, you're all in favor of Vax passports and, you know, and you've been like ignore you know, like disinviting your family or whatever. Um, you know, even for those people, it's still not too late. Um, you know, I see this, too, with like the anti-racism, white supremacy thing. So all of these things are you know, engineered scarcity narratives designed to divide ordinary people because we're a lot easier to control and to take over if we're divided, you know, and it's, it's really clear. I mean, I was thinking about all of the conspiracy theories that we've been accused of propagating over the last couple of years, and they've all come true. <laughs> or else they're in the process of coming true. You know, it's like the whole thing like, oh, well, that's, you know, they're going to put a chip in the vaccine. That's just a conspiracy theory. Now you're starting to see news articles <laughs> like, hey, we've developed this microsensor we can put into vaccines or we can just, you know, um, the mandates, all of the stuff, you know. And it's really clear that the intended endpoint by the people who are running this show is total global control. You know, everybody's on a global ID. Everybody's got a first a QR code on your phone, then implantable sensors, you know, and your social credit score determines whether you get energy, food, et cetera, et cetera. Right. So the anti-racism thing, you know, we are not pro-racist. Right. And most people I think most people are not pro-racist. But that whole, you know, thing was. A lot of people bought into that and went fully, full Bible thumper, you know, for Robin D'Angelo or whomever. And, you know, just use that to attack all of the people that, you know, they felt like they needed to convert to their religion. So, you know, even those people, even people who voted for Brandon, you know, I mean, thanks for the, you know, it's, I love buying my uh, $15 organic chicken uh, thighs now or whatever, right? You know, thanks. Uh, it's like having to decide whether to grocery shop or pay the electric bill. But, you know, it's like whatever. You hated, you know, you were taught to hate Orange Man Bad so much that you would have voted for a decrepit, demented, um, you know, child abusing. It's like the list goes on and on. Somebody that nobody liked. Nobody liked Joe Biden. Mm -mm. Nobody thought he was a good person before 2020. So whatever the thing is, right? 
it's still not too late to get on board with team reality and with, you know, the the community. There's a large and growing awakening community of people around the world who are saying, hey, not only is this stuff wrong, you know, putting people in camps and restricting people's freedom and, and not allowing them to have food or access to services because they're not taking this experimental gene therapy. Not only is that wrong, there's all this other stuff that we need to fix and we need to overthrow this corrupt order and really create, you know, a world society that is pro-human, that's pro-life, that's pro-nature, that's pro, you know, beauty and good and truth, right? So it's still not too late. And um, the Huffington Post had an article, and I got to thank Elgato Malo for tipping me off on this one. But entitled "Getting Why Getting COVID Is Not a Shameful Moral Failure," <laughs> so you know it's like those of us who've been following the actual science on this, we know right that the vaccinated are more likely to get COVID. They're more likely to carry and transmit COVID, as the UK Transportation Secretary said, like last year. And as but you know, even the the major authorities have often slipped out and said this, but. You know, it's the reason that they had to write that article is because people are so, uh, I think people in those bubbles are so already convinced that, you know, the unvaccinated are the unclean. They're the, the German Jews of our era, and they can't stand to be thought of as one of those, you know, because mm. what if you got a breakthrough infection, a.k.a. vaccine failure, um, there's no such thing as a breakthrough infection. I mean, I guess... Technically, there have been like minor percentages of a percentage point, you know, in, in past diseases or whatever. But, you know, they're so invested in this narrative that they don't want to be thought of as unclean and immoral. Like, I didn't do the right, you know, like, I did the right thing. And I, but I still got COVID, but it's really mild. And I'm social distancing and I'm testing like 14 times a day, right? I mean, it's really kind of sad. Mm. But, there's also a mob mentality there that is really the dark side of Aquarius where these people, you know, um, I'm, I'm going to say this whole group of society who's really invested in this, they're going to start turning on each other now. And we see this with the anti-racism thing too. You know, it's like people will start, mm -hmm. if you slip, right, they're going to go back and find something you said 25 years <laughs> yeah. ago that could be construed as somehow possibly not anti-racist, right? Right. Yeah. So, you know, I. Th so it's still not too late. Why is it not too late? Well, first of all, arguably some of this is not your fault or a lot of it. You know, we all got sucked in to, to some extent, and if not to COVID, to other things, right? The mind control level of the mass population, including me, including you, is far more epic than we possibly could have imagined, I think. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. We've all been brainwashed, right? So, okay, and I'm almost done. Um, but I'm responding on my Substack to this post that Charles Eisenstein did a month ago called Elements of Refusal. And it's a, it's a really great article in a lot of ways. It's very Charles Eisenstein, very measured, very beautifully written, you know, doesn't offend anybody. Um, but he says, you know, there's basically the vaccine mandates and all this stuff are wrong, but the people that are pushing them are not bad people. You know, they're just people that they're really afraid of losing their livelihood 
or they're really afraid of being bullied by their colleagues or whatever. And my thing is, you know what? Not telling the truth and continuing, and he says at some point in the article that there's great harm being done in the name of public good by this whole operation, which I totally agree with. But, you know, what we, Tatiana and I both believe is if you know that you've been an agent, you know, or contributing to doing great harm by espousing a belief system or by vilifying, you know, othering, segregating a group of society and making them the the bad people, the scapegoats, and you don't own up to that and admit that you, you can't admit that you were wrong, then that is a shameful moral failure. Yeah. You know, I mean, there's just no other way around it because good people, when, when we make a mistake, you know, eventually we admit it to ourselves and we're like, wow, I was really wrong on that. Yeah. Man, I'm sorry. I feel really bad about this person that I made, made, I told them they were wrong or we got in a fight or whatever and I'm yelling at them and we apologize and we try to make amends. You know, right. that's what a good moral person does. And so it's not too late. And also, you know, and you can, I think most of our listeners probably are in the same place we are with this, but you know, this is something that we can tell the people that we love who have canceled us. It's like, hey, you know what? It's not too late. I will forgive you. You know, I'll forgive you. You can be my friend again. You can be my family member again. I understand you were deluded. I understand you you were brainwashed. We or all were. scared. Yeah. You know, a lot of people just scared of losing their job, losing their friends, losing their house, losing, you know, whatever, you know, financial security they believe that they have. Yeah. I mean, a lot of people losing their marriage, yeah, losing their kids, yeah. you know? And also we need everybody because we're not just fighting against vaccine ma- mandates, you know, or that's not the only obstacle in the way of creating the world that we all want to live in. Right. We're being poisoned in so many ways. There's so many atrocious things happening in the world. And I, I feel like this is the moment where there is actually the possibility for the first time in our lifetimes, and we're pretty old, um, <laughs> you know, compared to a lot of people, uh, where, where there, there's an opening in kind of the control system or there's a natural point built in that we can read astrologically that says this is the time that we could actually change everything. But we need all hands on deck. Yeah. You know, we need to support each other. We need to come together as a community you know, get together and do it. Yeah. The end. All right. Way to preach it out. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you very much. It's not too late. My takeaway from this is it's probably too late for me. Or was that what you were trying to say? Yeah. I mean, just because you (laughs) refused to admit that you were wrong and shameful and harm. No. (laughs) Man. Okay. So this is something that I thought was interesting. I thought a lot of what you shared was interesting, but this thing about um, kind of going back and looking at what people wrote 25 years ago and being like, something you wrote 25 years ago was stupid. Hey, you know what? If you're not looking back at something that you wrote 25 years ago and cringing, you're not fucking growing. <laughs> you know, it's called growing. And we all make mistakes. We're all here to learn. You know, I mean, that's what I feel to be true. And you can resonate with that or not. But 
just this idea that we're supposed to like nail it every time and always be perfect and and perform to this standard that's just not realistic. You know, it's perform. It's performative. Yeah. You know, it's performative. So um there really is no shame in saying, Wow, I totally had that wrong. Now I know better. So, you know, and like you said, like sometimes we might have to make amends. We might have to apologize. You know, we might have to feel through our remorse and process that. Yeah. Um, But yeah, I mean, it's a time of reckoning, I feel like. Yeah. You know, one, one quick thought that I forgot to throw in the first time, but that shameful part of that Huffington Post headline, that's the key, is because what keeps us from admitting that we were wrong. Every we all make mistakes. I mean, come on. Yeah. Is shame. And yeah. it's not even authentic shame. It's toxic shame. Which you talked about in your latest psychic weather report or is that yeah. the latest one? Yeah. Yeah. That was really great. I I totally uh, encourage you to Yeah. It's check called that one out. Are You Feeling Blasted? <laughs> Are you Are you feeling, feeling blasted? blasted? <laughs> it's really good, man. And, you know, it's that toxic shame thing that we all are domesticated in. We we bathe in it as children. That's what keeps us from acknowledging that we made mistakes. But the problem with that is if you don't acknowledge it now, the next uh, pandemic is already in the works, right? And then there's a climate emergency. And then there's going to be more racist stuff and you know, racism stuff. And there's going to be more stuff. And it, the the longer you go without you know, getting that burden of shame off of your chest and, you know, just come and clean with yourself and with the people that you love, the harder it is, you know, and I don't know, have you ever known any like pathological liars? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like they dig My themso- dad. <laughs> okay. Right. They tell these lies and then if they can remember the lies, right, they got to stick to the lies. So their stories get more and more you know, fantastic, elaborate, totally unrealistic, (laughs) right? Nobody believes them. Yeah. And they know it, but they walk around being buffoons, harmful buffoons, because they can't just go back and say, okay, I lied. Right. You know, it's like, I'm sorry. I messed up. I wanted you to like me. So I lied about, you know, how big my uh, bank account is. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that's the control system in a nutshell. The way that it, um, operates is through this shaming mechanism that's totally intertwined with the trauma, you know? So yeah. there's like this trauma and shame that goes hand in hand. And then, you know, if you can get people in this space, that they're totally divorced from the natural way of learning, which, of course, anybody who's been through the school system um, knows that. So... When a kid isn't influenced by all that and they're experimenting with learning how to sit up, learning how to walk, learning how to hold a crayon in their chubby little hand, you know, they don't go, oh, my God, I fucked up. Oh, oh, I can't let anybody know how bad I fucked up. They're just like, whoops, whoops, you know, they just... They just, they're so resilient. They just get up and they try again and they really don't care unless a, you know, helicopter parent comes in and, oh my God, you fell on your butt. You know, (laughs) then they probably start crying, right? Yeah. 
don't project your weird shit on me, mommy. Um, <laughs> my but- <laughs> son fell down like, I, I mean, seriously, like a 30 foot flight of stairs. He stopped almost <laughs> like two thirds of the way down. And then he started rolling again and went all the way down. The bottom. I was like, I just missed him. It was like the one time I didn't grab my kid with my parent reflex. I run down there to the bottom. He's totally fine. And then his mom was like, oh, and he starts crying. And yeah. Like, oh. but, you know, he would have been totally. <laughs> he would have been fine. Yeah, it was yeah. like kind of exciting, I think. Yeah. But, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was like, whoa, whoa, that was interesting. <laughs> like, Let's do it again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, animals, you see the same thing. Yeah. They just shake it off and it's like, no big deal. So this thing of like, oh, my God, I made a mistake and the heaviness of it. I just want to put this out there as a little clearing for anyone who would like to release that. We're going to clear it all and send it back to wherever it came from in three, two, one. Whew. Yeah. Yeah, thanks. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Is it my turn? And in this corner, the challenger. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, my topic that I'd like to talk about is keep it simple, sweetheart. Oh, I like it. Uh, the beauty of simplicity. And the reason why this is on my radar is because, I mean, this is something... I feel passionate about anyway, and I actually have a section in my book called <laughs> Keep It Simple, Sweetheart. Um, you know, I've being part of like the whole spiritual new agey kind of <laughs> group of people, um, you just run into a lot of gimmicky shit. And so I felt like it was important to address that. And Recently, it's come back on my radar because I've discovered this YouTuber blogger fella called David the Good. So some of you maybe know about him. He's got quite a big following. And he is a guy that he's a gardener. His blog is called The Survival Gardener. And he has a channel called The Survival Gardening Channel with David the Good. And if he's written several books. And he's very passionate about sharing this information that he's gleaned from gardening for many, many years. And he delivers this information with a lot of humor, which I appreciate. And his whole thing is just, it's not a big deal. You know, you don't have to buy all of this gimmicky crap. You don't have to make it super complicated. You just put some seeds in some dirt, you know, you just, it's, it's made to grow like that. It's really simple. Um, You don't have to spend a lot of money. Anybody can propagate tons of plants for pennies or free. And he shares a lot of information on, you know, how to get free fertilizer, how to create like free, sustainable, very bountiful uh, gardening um, I want to say systems, but it's kind of, it's not as controlled as that. But I think he definitely is systematic in his approach. And it might look kind of chaotic on the surface. But if you think about it, that's how nature is. You know, you go into a forest and it might seem like just a jumble of stuff. 
But as you tune into it, you can see that there is a lot of beauty and symmetry and um, these intricate and yet very simple systems that make perfect sense, you know, like the leaves that fall off of the tree that feed the tree, and they're the exact nutrients that the tree needs in the soil because those are the, that's what the tree pulled out of the soil to make <laughs> the leaf. Then the leaf goes back in, you know, <laughs> it's just no brainer. But then we end up making it so fucking complicated when we go to, uh, you know, try to do something like grow food that the earth just does naturally. So I just, I was really grateful to come across that work because it just showed me so clearly where my thinking had gotten way too uptight. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, but we all do, right? Yeah. Because it's like, there's this, is that perfectionism or something? Anyway. Yeah. I think it's called capitalism. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, because capitalism. I mean, if you think about it, though, all of these gimmicks are selling us this idea. And, and it's like based on some of the like um, matrix level shit, right? That we don't have what it takes. You yeah, know, we, yeah. we, the earth doesn't have, the earth isn't naturally abundant. Yeah. The earth and nature doesn't know what it's doing. We need to get in there and micromanage it. Um, we don't have what it takes. We have to seek out an expert to tell, not that, you know, seeking out experts is bad, you know, but, but I think it's easy to fall into a rut where we never feel empowered to just do the damn thing. Just throw some seeds in the soil, see what happens, you know? You think about, like, kids, right? Like, I keep coming back to kids because it just feels so um, good right now to tap into that um, creative curiosity. So kids, like, they'll eat an apple and take the seed out of the apple and put it in some dirt to see what happens. I'm going to, oh, here's a seed, you know, and then they learn that a seed grows an apple tree and they want to grow an apple tree. So they just put a seed in some dirt and see what happens, right? Yeah, yeah. So we can do that. Um, you know, not that that's the best method for growing an apple tree, but it could work. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, just think of kids when they were learning to walk, if they were waiting for an expert, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, the thing is, is that they see, they, they've already met the expert because they see mommy and daddy walking around. They're like, oh, I want to do that too. Daddy's a good walker. <laughs> <laughs> I want to walk like daddy. <laughs> so, you know, so I think this is like the thing of being a passive consumer versus an active creator. And even when we go to do something creative, Oftentimes, our energy and our resources get diverted into this thing that wants to um, harvest our money, our energy, our time, our attention, you know, and just think of how much we could be creating or producing if we didn't have to shop for that perfect uh, bed for our plants. You know, we said we just dug a, a hole in the dirt, you know, and put some stuff in it and see what happens. Um, so this whole consume, like passive consumer culture, I see as, a, and how we've been raised up in that, I see as like kind of the root of that. As a writer, the biggest thing that I had to overcome 
and it took me 10 or 15 years, you know, of writing for uh, throughout my twenties. And I still, but I still see it. I, I'm going to say even like 20 years, cause I still, I still battle this sometimes. It's like not just saying what is in my heart and my mind to say, but looking, getting distracted and spending hours looking for this one quote that I kind of remember <laughs> that this French author who was like a realist or something, you know, back in the 1800s, I think maybe it was the late, you know what I'm saying? And yeah. it's like, by that time, all of the juice has gone out of it. It's like, yeah, but it's that same thing. Yeah. I've got to shop for somebody better than me, an expert to say it because to prop it I'm up. not good enough. Yeah. Right. And I saw this so clearly with the gardening project that I've been doing here. Um, you know, we're, we don't own a piece of land yet. Um, we're renting. And so I want, you know, because it's a rental, somebody else's property, I wanted it to look really tidy, you know, and I wanted it to be, you know, as unobtrusive and and, and neat as possible. You know, um, there are some people out there that think that vegetable gardens are ugly. Um, and I guess I was one of those people because <laughs> I bought into it. And, and anyway, I felt like I had to, you know, just spend all this time and energy and money, like, making something pretty. And it just, it, it wasn't bad. I'm not going to say that I did anything wrong, but I, I see looking on it now that it's like, oh, I could refine that. I could let go of some of that perfectionism and some of that clutter and just create more because that's what I'm really interested in is I just want to grow more stuff and see what happens. So, um, you know, and, and the same thing happens with spirituality. You know, it's like, it seems too simple, right? We have this idea of, wait, it's too easy. What is this too easy bullshit? I mean, that is a fucking parasite program if I yeah. ever heard. You know, it's like, it really doesn't have to be complicated. This idea that com more complicated is better, that's some parasitic shit. Yeah. Because in truth, I think that the best solutions are usually very elegant. And, um, you know, same with spirituality. You know, people feel like they, you know, just them showing up with their presence and their love isn't enough. You know, it, there has to be um, uh, some drumming involved or some singing bowls or there's got to be some crystals. You know, there's got to be some crystals or whatever, you know, but... Not, and nothing against any of that because all of that is really good medicine. But, you know, we are good medicine. And the tool is only as helpful as the consciousness wielding it. And so the consciousness is everything. And it's really so simple. Um, so I just, I don't know, you know, who needs to hear this, but you're good enough. <laughs> Uh, I do. You do. I do. Yeah. <laughs> so you know, if it's, I think we all need to hear it over and over. Yeah, you're you know? so good. Yeah, really, you're, you're just so, so good. good. You're good. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, and I mean, really, this is how we're going to change the world by embracing the beauty of simplicity and the power of us just showing up. And being like, this is what I got right now. I got me <laughs> some sweat equity and some, some love that I can pour into this. I could dig up some dirt 
Um, that, you know, and that's all really it takes. So, um, there's something in here too of like, when we do this, we're actually reconnecting with the traditional ways and much of the knowledge that has been lost because it hasn't been able to be passed on. Um, you know, something kind of jumped in the way there and diverted a lot of that energy and a lot has been lost. So I think that there's some processing we can do around the the grief that we feel of having been disconnected and and losing our way at times, you know, individually and collectively. Um, and you know, this we can the the branching path and what you were saying, DK, about the the divergent uh, pathways. You know, when we take the path back to reality, back to the knowledge of our ancestors, back to the earth, back to what is real, we're saying no to this fake bullshit metaverse crap, you know, which is just the only way that any of that exists is through harvesting our energy. It's an absolutely parasitic system. And, you know, you think about people just plugged into the matrix with their virtual reality headsets on, and that's it. That's their, that's their whole lives now. That's where, that's where things are headed. I mean, I'm sorry. That's just, there's no fucking way. Like, I'm not doing that. I want something that is real, something that has life, something juicy, you know, um, and so I'm saying yes to exiting <laughs> the death cult. And, um, and really, it just comes down to very, very simple choices. And it could just be the choice to show up in all of our simple and powerful glory of just like, hey, um, I'm just not going to put energy into that. You know, yeah. that's ugly and complicated. It's a big cluttery mess. Yeah. It's unnecessary. And really, maybe all I need to do in this moment is do my fucking yoga practice or go dig some dirt in my yard and not worry about if the landlord likes it or not. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so that's what's been coming up for me. And it just, yeah, it feels so powerful. You know, man, the, that metaverse thing and the virtual reality thing, it's like, you know, I, I can see why it's attractive, especially to kids. Because for, for the virtual reality thing to be attractive, you have to feel like this reality isn't enough, which is what you are saying earlier, right? The world's not good enough. Nature's not good enough. And right now, in a way, the world's not good enough because mm. the controllers have fucked it up so much. Yeah. You know, every, it's there's so much poisoning and just pollution on all levels and then you think of kids that already have to go to prison every day you know for nine ten months out of the year ten it's kind of ten months now in a lot of places in the states and they got to learn all this stuff that you know even if they don't know it as a mind they know it as a spirit that most of this shit is total lies and and or useless I'm boring. never going to use this. Yeah, Garbage. And it's boring, yeah. right? <laughs> and I have to sit here and, you know, not talk and not fidget too much and blah, blah, blah. 
And then you throw the COVID thing on. Now I have to wear a mask all the time because I want to be a good, you know, and the kids are doing it because they want to be good. They, they want to be good. Yeah. Like my daughter is totally into the mask thing and she doesn't want to kill her mom or her grandparents, you know? Yeah. And it's like, she's, you know, surrounded by people that believe that. And she gets that message on social media. And when I talk about it, she thinks I'm, you know, she really, I don't think she thinks about it. I think it just a curtain goes down and her brain shuts off and, you know, yeah. and so, you know, I feel like that's really tempting for people who feel like there's no hope. And we've all been brainwashed to believe that there's no hope. This is just the way the world is. Hundreds of millions of people around the world are going to be starving, being raped, being, you know, beaten, being in prison, living yeah. in concentration camps. There's nothing we can do about it. Nothing we can do. I mean, nobody likes war. But there's nothing we can do about it. Right, right. You know, nobody likes this. Nobody likes that. Nobody likes paying taxes, but there's nothing we can do about it. Yeah. Nobody likes going to school, but there's nothing we can do about it. Nobody, nobody likes <laughs> having your, your choice be, you know, Joe Biden or Donald Trump for president. <laughs> but right? there's, there's nothing, nothing we can do. You can't vote for anything else or, or get out there and act, you know, act. Work or you to can't change not vote. Right. Right. Or yeah. you can't do something different. Yeah. Exactly. So, I mean, the messaging of the narrative, the fake bullshit narrative is really deep. It's, it it gets repeated over and over and over again. And we all have some of that programming embedded in our psyche somewhere. So I don't know. I'm into this gardening theme. I don't know (laughs) if it's Capricorn season or what, but I'm getting ready to, to dig out. Yeah, that shit, yeah. the, the weeds in my mind garden and um, get yeah. the soil ready for something positive. Yeah. Yeah. And just also just to repeat, man, this is the opportunity we've been waiting for. This is the moment we all came here for. And the great thing about all of these narratives that are kind of running at the same time, right? They're all breaking down and being yeah. revealed as lies. And so there's never been a greater chance for people to wake up. And I think it's so important to keep our hope alive and keep our vision alive. Yeah, absolutely. And it just, the the more desperate and ridiculous and and crazy and extreme, the more it's going to wake people up. So even if things seem like they're getting really, really bad, and in some ways they are, um, you know, sometimes it takes a really bad situation to wake folks up. And I know that was true for me in my life. Like I had to go through a lot of really dark experiences before I had the inner passion and strength and will to take real action to change my life for the better. So, I mean, if I could do it, (laughs) I was fucked up. (laughs) (laughs) Me too, man. Hey, so we're going to take a quick break and then we're going to come back with the big astrological and psychological psychic weather themes of January, right? That's right. Okay. We'll be right back.
That's music from Diamond Mine. The Cosmic Fire download of the month for December 2021, in which Tatiana helps you activate your third eye chakra, clear the mental body, reset the nervous system, and balance the hemispheres of the brain. It's a great meditation. You can pick it up in the Cosmic Fire shop at cosmicfire.org. All right, we're back with more of the Cosmic Fire podcast in which we get into some of the big themes that we're seeing for the month of January in terms of energy, astrology, collective consciousness, opportunities, things like that. Yeah. Challenges, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so a little heads up on what we're seeing coming down big the pipe. <laughs> big themes. All right. Uh, do you want to go first or do you want me to go first? Um, Should we flip a coin? Yeah, let's flip a coin. All right. You call it. Heads. It was heads. Boom. <laughs> I may not have won the uh, Royal Rumble, but um, I think you won that one. But I won both of the coin tosses. So, okay. We start off the month of January with Venus still retrograde. Um, Venus has been conjunct Pluto for the last week or so, and... Um, we got Mercury, Venus, Pluto kind of still conjunct as we start the month. So Venus will be retrograde all month long until January 29th in the sign of Capricorn. And then, you know, and that's typically a time where things kind of slow down. Um, Venus retrogrades can kind of be intense around money, love, uh, relationship stuff. So um, that's going on. And then in the middle of the month, Mercury goes retrograde in Aquarius at 10 degrees Aquarius. That's the 14th. Mercury enters the storm period where he's moving really slowly. And we typically start to feel the Mercury retrograde type effects around communication and mental uh, blankness or <laughs> malfunctions. I've, I've been in that for a while, man. <laughs> Thank you, COVID. Um, brought to you by Pfizer. Um, <laughs> So, you know, that's that's basically starting, you know, after the first week of January um, on Monday the 10th. And Mercury will be retrograde until February 3rd. So we got a lot of retrograde energy to start the year. Mm, with those personal planets, right? Those, Venus yeah. and Mercury. Yeah. So probably, you know, I'm feeling like it's going to be a little bit slow. And that could actually be good because we can kind of use this to recalibrate um, along the lines of the things that we both talked about. Earlier. Yeah, how is this going to work out for my gardening plans? Well, if you're going <laughs> back and kind of looking at things, you know, and simplifying, I think that's very good. It's very aligned with uh, Capricorn, right? Because Capricorn, what's Capricorn? Capricorn says, hey, let's figure out the rules of the game. Let's figure out how you do this. Let's do some learning, what you've been doing, you know, watching David the Good and other ways, right? And then once I figure out how to do this, what's the best way of doing this, then I'm going to succeed with my plans. Mm. You know, as Hashtag long as I'm goals. Yeah. As long as I'm willing to put in the effort and dig where, I, you know, yeah. when I need to dig and all that stuff. Be like a good little mountain goat. Not afraid of the work. Yeah. Yeah. But Capricorn's also, you know, Capricorn's an interesting sign because we tend to think of it in pop astrology as it's ambitious. It's always striving, but, um, 
Capricorn's ruled by Saturn, which spends about four and a half months of the year retrograde. And Capricorn, you know, like the goat climbing the mountain, it can skip up, you know, a bunch of like crazy steep slopes, but then it stops sometimes to figure out like, where do I go next? And I always think of Capricorn as like going into this cave in the mountain periodically and just doing nothing. And you'll see that with Capricorn natives too. They tend to alternate between these periods of kind of intense activity and withdrawal. Mm. So maybe, I don't know what your garden means, but. That just feels like a very uh, winter vibe, right? It's like you have this periods of kind of review. And I feel like a lot of people are feeling this right now, like reviewing what we've been through over the last year and looking forward to, okay, how can I structure things in a way going forward that's going to maybe be a refinement of yeah. what I did in the past? Yeah. Yeah, probably not the best month to launch a big new thing that, you know, like a lot of us are entrepreneurs, right? And solo, you know, so probably not the best month to launch like the thing that's going to define your business and create all your income, you know, for the coming year. I mean, you know, a lot of people have to put stuff out in the beginning of the year, but just be willing to go back and look at it mm-hmm. in February, you know, and, and retool or revamp things. And we'll we'll look at more of that um, in the next segment, which is um, going to be for our subscribers, members. Yeah. 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 So we'll look at some more details on that. So um, those are two of the big things happening. We've got the Capricorn new moon at 12 degrees Capricorn on Sunday, January 2nd. And um, so, you know, wherever that is in your chart, end of an old cycle, start of a new cycle along the lines of what we were just saying. Monday the 17th, we got a full moon in Cancer that's at about uh, 27 degrees, almost 28 degrees Cancer. So that's opposite Pluto. So that should be interesting. It's also conjunct the USA's part of fortune and opposite the USA's Pluto. So that should be interesting. It's a Cancer full moon, need I say more. (laughs) The lunatic moon, as we call it in astrology. (laughs) Um, But the moon rules Cancer. So the moon is is considered to be really strong in Cancer. So Cancer full moon, a lot of emotions probably coming out middle of the month. Um, The sun's conjunct Pluto the day before. Um, So, you know, that's always once a year. That can be a heavy vibe, but also an opportunity to... If we're looking at this in the spirit of review and looking within and kind of retooling and getting ready for this incredible opportunity of the next year, that um, that's a good time to really tune into um, some of that deeper kind of soul stuff, shadow stuff. And then um, let's see, I think the next, you know, the, the other big thing I see is right at the end of the month, and this depends on your time zone, but either um, late at night on the 31st or early um, in the evening or late in the evening on the West Coast. Chinese New Year, it's the Aquarius new moon. That's at 12 degrees Aquarius. And um, that's pretty closely conjunct Saturn. So Saturn's uh, Saturn rules Aquarius. I think that's that feels like this has been happening a lot over the last couple of years too, except for 2020 when we had that crazy eclipse and then COVID started like right in line with the crazy eclipse. But, um, you know, I feel like in a way Chinese new year is the start of the new year. And this is sort of uh, so I'm seeing January as not maybe a totally fallow period, but a period to catch up a period to wrap up some things that you've been working on, like maybe a, 
album of healing tones mm. um, <laughs> you've been working on for the last year or whatever you've got going on. And also to just, you know, rejuvenate, like really ground in and take stock, look around. And, you know, there's a place where all of us can fit in and have enough and really have a, um, a joyful, fulfilling time because there's so much work to be done in the world. And we, that's what we, that's what we're here for. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard to do it when you're packing around a bunch of dumb bullshit that you don't need. Man. Am I right? Yeah. Like a lot of other people's stuff. So just to piggyback on something that you were saying, I got a hit on that full moon and I just saw like, Okay, the picture I saw in my mind was people um, tuning into a full moon ritual and then getting blasted with other people's shit, like a lot of shame energy, like what we were talking about earlier with nobody wants to feel this shame. So a lot of times what happens is they project it onto other people. <laughs> You're the one that's bad and wrong because I don't want to feel how wrong and bad I am, you know. Um Anyway, it, and it could be anything, I big vibes of potential psychic attack and things like that. But so I think, you know, discernment could be our friend um, as far as this For month once. goes. <laughs> <laughs> I try to never be discerning. I believe everything I hear. <laughs> I believe it makes me a more selective human. <laughs> <laughs> so... Um, Mm, yeah, yeah. yeah there's something on that though that I feel like I just want to put on people's radars so whatever that means to you um, you know it's a like you were saying it's not a great time to put tons of energy out there maybe but it's a good time to be reviewing and clearing and being discerning sorting through stuff grounding your energy recharging um, things like that yeah yeah, I mean, I think there's something when when things hit the USA's chart directly, it really affects all of us. And since the USA is still, you know, kind of the the world superpower, I mean, not really, you know, but um, it, it affects the whole world also. But definitely those of us who are um, born in the USA, like Bruce Springsteen, <laughs> oh man, what a bummer. Um, but yeah, you know, or live in the U S I mean, it's going to, we're going to be feeling that. And that cancer moon is like a symbol for just emotions bleeding all over the place. Yeah. And a lot of folks really don't want to feel painful emotions. So, you know, just, yeah. you know, just keep it on your <clears throat> radar that you might need a little extra discernment, extra shielding around that time of the month. Um, in other psychic weather news, um, were you finished with the, yeah, yeah. okay, yep. just want to make sure I'm not, uh, nah, I'm all done. taking over here <laughs> <laughs> any more than I already am. So when I tuned into the collective energy and what would be the most helpful reminders for us for this month, um, that reconnecting with the earth, AKA the real world. So there's something um, happening and it's really been coming up a lot in my psychic weather reports, in sessions with clients. When I check in to clear my own energy, I just keep seeing this pattern coming up over and over again. So I maybe said this last month as well. I don't remember, but uh, actually I think I did. 
But there's this thing happening where we get disconnected from the earth and from spirit, from heaven, from God, whatever you want to call it. But we have a, a natural connection to the earth and to the energy of above, above and below, right? Heaven and earth. So we, in order for our energy to be harvested and plugged into an artificial system, we have to be disconnected and removed from the natural real system. So it's like, it's, it's very matrix vibe. If you think of humans as a battery or as a food source for the artificial system, we have to be unplugged from the things that we're plugged into now and plugged into the other thing, right? So as long as we stay connected to the earth, as long as we keep our grounding channels strong, as long as we keep our spiritual channels strong and connected to source energy, we're really going to be fine because they cannot take that from us unless we let them. So if we say, no, thanks, not today, Satan, or whatever, we're the boss. <laughs> this is our realm. You know, this is our body, our energy, our consciousness. If we want to stay grounded and connected, we're going to stay grounded and connected. But we have to keep an eye on it because these sneaky little guys, they'll come and, you know, and they come through on our devices, especially is what I've been seeing. Um, but they come through the ether. They come through the astral plane. They come through um, all other people projecting stuff as. So they come in all these different ways. And what they do is disconnect. They put a little block or whatever. Uh, they insert their energy into the grounding channel to disconnect us, insert into the spiritual channel to disconnect us so that they can then harvest our energy. And so then we start to feel like a depleted battery, you know, so if you ever feel like something's off, like you don't feel like yourself, you probably got some of that shit in your space. So I just want to put that on your radar as um, as really important to pay attention to. And I'm going to talk about that more in the next section, but I wanted everybody to hear that. Um, so all we need to do is say yes to authentic connection, what's real and say no to fake bullshit. It's really that <laughs> simple. Just like I was saying before, keep it simple, sweetheart, right? It's really that simple. And so how that looks as a daily practice could change from moment to moment. But you know what that means for you to reconnect to what is real. And um, I'm also seeing as a big theme, the rekindling of passion and a feeling of purpose. I feel like the last couple of years, a lot of folks have been feeling like they're in limbo or just feeling like, well, you know, I was going to do this thing and then all this other shit happened and now I don't really know how to move forward. Well, maybe the, the landscape has shifted. So maybe that's going to change some of your plans. But Maybe there's something that you've been needing to do or meaning to do for a long time. Um, maybe you're revisiting something like that you've done before. Um, maybe it's a new thing or maybe you're approaching the old thing in a new way. But there's this huge opportunity for rekindling that 
inner fire of that passion, that care, like just caring so much and being so fired up about something. That's something that really wants to come through, you know? And um, so dig in. I mean, maybe it's some like fire energy or visualization, you know, wintertime, you know, you can imagine that you're sitting um, around a campfire with your guides and, and you're feeling that fire energy resonating within you or whatever you want to imagine, but just getting back in touch with your roots, why you came here as a soul, what is your purpose in this world and having that um, deep soul connection and vision is going to keep that fire burning um, within you. And then the way to that you can keep that energy going is by actually taking an action step. So every time you take an action step, that's going to give you that energy of, I am doing this, which is very different than, oh yeah, I should do that. Oh, I need to do that. Oh, I should really get, you know, we all have a fucking to-do list that's a mile long, I'm sure. Um, you know, being people that are very passionate, very creative, very interested and engaged in life, there's probably tons of things that we'd like to do. And going back to what I was saying before about like having to sacrifice sometimes to be able to focus our energy, um, you know, tune into the thing that really is getting you fired up right now and then just do it. (laughs) So that's kind of the nutshell version of the big themes that I'm seeing for this cycle. And I'm like I said, I'm going to get into a lot more detail and even do a little energy clearing for our sponsors and members in the expanded <laughs> <laughs> section that we're going into yeah, next. Yeah. I don't know what to call it, but uh, we're kind of doing something a little bit new. Yeah, yeah. It's just a small thing, though, so we don't have to worry about uh, Mercury retrograde and uh, Mercury retrograde. <laughs> I think I'm becoming more and more uh, spectrum-y as the heat piles up in a small studio. Well, <laughs> but, um, on that yeah. note, maybe we should take a break and yeah. say adieu for this section. And, uh, adieu. Adieu to you and you and you. <laughs> <laughs> what is that one? Is that from the sound of music? Yeah. yeah. Bum, ba-da-dum, bum, 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 ba-da-dum, bum, bum. Oh, it's Doe have... a Deer. Come on. It is? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Um, okay, so if you like what you're hearing, if you'd like to hear more, if you'd like to support us, why don't you go ahead and throw us a little something in our tip jar. If you go to cosmicfire.org, we have a donate section where you can get some great thank you gifts like the monthly reports that we do or the download of the month. Not a donut section like you got for the jab, (laughs) but um, even better. They only give you one donut. You get all kinds of stuff from us. (laughs) I mean, granted, it's not an F-150 with a shotgun rack, <laughs> but uh, hey, we're working up to it. <laughs> yeah, and uh, if you want to hear me sing the entire Sound of Music songbook, you're going to have to be uh, a donate <laughs> sponsor subscriber. So listen, we, we there's lots of other ways of supporting us, though. Please share the word if you like this. Um, post it, you know, on your social media. 
we're off of Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. So, um, you know, if you know, send, send people the email, you know, encourage them to sign up for our email list. We need each other. We really value you. We're, we're grateful that you're listeners and that you're on board with this. And um, we're going to do it. Yeah, we are. Yeah. As this famous person I know once said, I didn't come here to lose. <laughs> <laughs> you can quote me on that. <laughs> All right. Oh, we love you. Thank you for listening. See you next month. Or no, see you in a couple of weeks. Yeah. Podcast. All right. Bye.